Galatians chapter 1, and I want us, if you will, we're going to read, for the sake of context, we'll read from verse 6, and we're continuing our Be Free series on today, and it uh, reads and declares, I am astonished, everybody say astonished, I'm astonished that you have so quickly, that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Everybody say a different gospel. And the Bible says, uh, he says, not that there is another one, but there are some of you, says, who trouble, who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary, everybody say contrary, contrary to the one we preach to you let him be accursed and then he repeats it again and says as we have said before so now i say again if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the run you received let him be accursed and then he goes on and says and this is our focus text for today bible says for am i now seeking the approval of man or God or am I trying to please man I think this is very fitting if I were still trying to please man I would not be a servant of Christ and I'm gonna read that verse 10 again for am I now seeking the approval of man or God or am I trying to please man if I were still trying to please man I would not be a servant of Christ. I want to just continue this series. As you know, I've been going line upon line through the book of Galatians. And uh, the Apostle Paul is in this space where he is communicating to the church at Galatia about his frustration because after they've received the news about the incredible gift of God and the incredible grace of God, that they have turned away because of the frustration of some individuals that he refers to as Judaizers. For the sake of layman's terms, we have called them freedom thieves. And essentially what they have been doing is that after which the Galatians had heard about the good news of Jesus and decided that it was a good decision to put trust and faith in him based upon his death, his burial, and his resurrection, they decided that they would turn away and go back and go back to trying to earn, to earn God's love and to earn salvation because they told them, hey man, y'all have not been circumcised. Not only this, but y'all have not, you're not observing holy days and feast days and Sabbath days and all of these things. And I challenge you and I told you that the Bible is clear and we talked about it, you know, that. This is not the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus is that he died and he lived perfect and that he rose from death with all power in his hands and extends to us salvation that we can be saved from death. So when we die, we're not going to hell because hell is a real place, but we get to go and be with Jesus forever. And not only this, he makes it clear that, you know, that the fact of the matter is there's nothing else. Trust me, I'm just setting this thing up. 
I'm giving us a refresher. There's nothing else that is the gospel. So when people show up, and I warned you, I warned you a couple weeks ago that you need to be careful because there are people who are going to come and they're going to tell you, nah, you're not really saved. Even after what you experienced today, they're going to be like, uh-uh, that's not real because you are a woman and you wear pants. Come on, somebody. Or because you eat bacon or because you don't go to church and honor the Sabbath day. And I'm loving it because you know what God is doing to our church, y'all? He's maturing our church. And it's time for us to go deeper in the things of God. So look, let's keep your finger in Galatians chapter 1. But I want to show you this because you're going to have somebody show up and tell you, you know what? You don't observe. You don't observe the Sabbath. You don't observe holy days. So you're going to hell. You know, you're saying you're, we're not under the law. So what does that mean? Can I just go and do foolish stuff? And what? No, that's not what we're saying. And we're going to go deeper in it as we as we go. But as it pertains to circumcision, as it pertains to dietary laws, I already showed you the dietary law stuff in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 and onward. But here, pay attention, jump, listen, listen to me, watch this. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. What book did I say? Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Colossians chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 16. Watch this. I want you to see this. If Sabbath observance... And this which people teach around us having to observe a day of worship is so important. Why is it not commanded in the New Testament? We know it's in the Old Testament. And the things that we are supposed to continue observing that were in the Old Testament were reiterated by Jesus or the apostles. However, we do not find things like circumcision. And the reason why is because we are not becoming Jews as believers, you are, become, you are getting connected to Christ, right? And that happens by faith. We're going to unpack it more. Faith in what Christ has done. Not the circumcision of the foreskin, but the circumcision of our heart. Oh, who's with me this morning? And so I want you to understand this. And so it is. Like, so that's why we don't do that. And then dietary laws. Jesus came and declared all things clean, as we learned in 1 Timothy chapter 4. You can go check it out if you never, if you, if you did not see that. But look here, and we're going to go deeper and deeper as the weeks go on. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Bible says, Therefore, let no one, let how many people? There's, a, there's these freedom thieves. Let no one pass judgment on you. Look, it's up on the screens for you. In questions of food and drink. Here it is. Dietary laws. You shouldn't eat pork. You shouldn't eat shrimp. All these things. Whatever. We already learned in 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you don't eat pork, it shouldn't be because you feel like you're going to go to hell because you don't. If you don't eat pork, let it be because you choose to for your a health reason. But it should not be because you think that your diet is going to determine your salvation. Look, so he says, don't let anybody pass judgment on you as it pertains to this or in regards to a festival or a new moon or a what? A Sabbath. And look why. These are a shadow. Oh my, somebody say a shadow. These are a shadow, the Bible says, of things to come. But the substance belongs to Christ look at this you can see up here on the stage what is that on the back there what what is that I might as well since since this is what the lights are doing I might as well use it what is that on the on the curtains in the back behind me it's a shadow right 
Now, what is that saying? That shadow is telling you that somewhere in this room. Oh, my. I am standing in this room. Am I the shadow? Or is the shadow pointing to me? And so what the Bible is saying, somebody say the Bible says. What the Bible is saying that those things shadows the sabbath days they had a seventh day sabbath that they observed every single saturday there were new moons which was a type of feast that they celebrated and, and uh, festivals and things that they did repeatedly and all of those things were shadows pointing to when jesus came they were temporary rest systems that were pointing watch this because they had a beginning and an end to when jesus would show up and you know what jesus would do he would come and be the fulfillment. He says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, write this down. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And he's speaking to Jewish people specifically, especially in that moment, who were accustomed to being acquainted with the shadows. He says, come unto me and I will give you rest. Wouldn't it be an insult if while I'm standing here, you show up and play, spend more time with my shadow than you do me. Oh, can I just deal with it this moment? And it's organizations today that are built up on worshiping and honoring a shadow instead of honoring the substance that's in their midst. Oh man, that was a preach right there. I just want to help you. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. This is why in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, when Jesus goes on, and a lot of people, they have issues for this because they're like, well, Jesus said that, you know, what are you talking about? If you, if you break the law or if you, you know, tell someone not to, then, or to keep it, then you are, then you are in trouble. What does it mean? He says, I came to fulfill the law. Look, Matthew chapter 5, he says in verse 17, don't think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them. So he's saying he's not teaching here that you are still to keep the law. That's not his point. Because some people say, look, he said I didn't come to abolish it. So that means that I am supposed to still observe the law because he said he didn't come to abolish it. No, no, no. Look at what he says in the rest of it. The B part, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. In other words, I came to be the substance of the shadow. If the picture was the law and the prophets who foretold that a Messiah would come and would give you actual rest instead of just the figurative shadow that pointed to him, he shows up and he says, I am now that which those shadows pointed to. So he says, I'm not coming to abolish it. That's the inappropriate word. He's like, don't see it. Especially he's talking to people who are accustomed to this. He's like, hold up a, a second fam. It's not about breaking it apart. But he says it's about pleiru, which is the Greek, which means to fill to the full. Like it was an empty pitcher and he came to fill it to the top. To say, I'm here. I am that which these things pointed to. 
Oh, I want to let you know this because, see, you got to know this stuff. When people come, I'm telling you, the televangelists and the net crusades and the people that come to your door and the pamphlets you get in the mail, when they try to tell you, no, you still need to observe this and don't do this. The law is still binding and you need to put trust in Christ and keep his law to do. No, you say, guess what? Jesus fulfilled it. Now, I know he didn't abolish it. He fulfilled it. And I have the substance when I put trust in him. Go back to the book of Galatians. So I want to deal with this. So Paul is challenging us. He's challenging the church at Galatia, but it is relevant. It echoes down the corridors of time and challenges us as well. And note this. He gives them this hard word. And he tells them, listen, I'm astonished that after you heard that you have the substance now, that you're going to turn away and you're going to go back to trying to observe stuff and keep laws and put trust in dietary stuff and restrictions and days of worship for salvation. And you know that when you say stuff like that to people who actually love those things and have made idols out of them, that what, they, what happens is they get vexed. And how many of you know that when you stand for God and his word that it's not popular? But look at what the Apostle Paul says, and this is where we're going for today, and I won't be before you long, but I want you to grab this. He says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? He says, if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Now, Paul is doing something here. I don't know if you noticed this. He starts out by asking some questions, some rhetorical questions. And then after he asks some rhetorical questions, he kind of makes a, a roundabout statement. It's like a circuitous statement that arrives at some, some conclusions. Look at this. When you grew up, if you grew up in a West Indian home like I did, you know that a lot of times your parents will tell you stuff by asking you a question. And most times when they ask you a question, they're not even looking for an answer. And if you answer or you don't answer, you're still getting lashes. So like if your mom will walk up to you and be like, boy, me and you a size. And I'll be like, I, I, there's been plenty of times I'm thinking, I'm like, mom, I'm actually taller than you. But it's not a real question. It's like essentially she's saying, do you think that you're grown? Right. And in actuality, so it's not about little. She's trying to communicate. When I, if I'm if I'm be like, if I'm be like, mom, can you can you get me the, the converter? And she'd be like, boy, you handbrake. In other words, are your hands broken? In other words, your hands are still working, so why are you asking me to get up and do it? Right? These are, these are questions that, that, would, uh, that, <laughs> that I'm just laughing because I think about how this works. You know, and then sometimes it's like if you tell the truth, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. So they, they can look crazy, and they, you know, they, might have, they can have booger coming out their nose. They could be looking crazy and come up to you and be like, boy, I look like a nincompoop to you. And they're trying to say, I'm not a fool. But then when, you, when they ask that question, it's like, well, literally, though, um, at this moment. But the thing, <laughs> you, you all know that you've been there before, too. And so sometimes they'll ask questions to teach or to prove a point. Or they'll say things in a circuitous way or in a roundabout manner. And there's a point that's there. Jesus actually did stuff like that, too. He spoke in parables. And they would ask questions and he would say things. And, and so he, after the apostle Paul says what he says in regards to the gospel and that people will be accursed if they tamper with the gospel and preach a false gospel, he then goes on and he asks these questions. Here we go. And this is what we want to deal with today. For am I now seeking the approval of man 
or of God? Or am I trying to please man? Number one, in this first statement, Paul, or question rather, Paul declares that his service is not for the approval of or pleasing of man. There are many of you, watch this, and this is what I want to come, I've been talking about freedom in different aspects. There are many of you who are in bondage to people pleasing. Uh, this is what I want to come for today because, you know, we talked about identity, freedom from identity, freedom from anxiety and freedom from fear. And we talked about freedom from religious bondage. And last week, Pastor Jonathan preached about freedom from my religion. But watch this. Now I want to talk about freedom from people pleasing. Because some of you, the reason why you are not carrying out what God has put in on your life and the death is because you care too much about what people are saying about you. Come on, somebody. I wonder if there's a witness in this place that knows there's some of you, you wanted to praise God today. When you heard and you and I called you to the altar, you wanted to leave your seat and come. But then you're like, no, but then people are going to know that I don't have it all together. Newsflash, none of us have it all together. And so too many of us care. We care about what people think about us or about the people's approval. And that's why we can't say what thus saith the Lord. Come on, somebody. And so the apostle Paul, he says that I am not. He says, am I, am I seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? And this rhetorical question, he's saying, I'm able to make these bold declarations because I don't care what you think about me. I just want to be okay with God. Here it is. Can I give you point number one? Point number one, here it is for you. It'll be up on the screens for you, for those who are note takers. Live for God's approval over man's applause. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you got to get to the place where, listen, applause is okay. Every now and again, it's good to get somebody to pat you on the back and say, hey, you're good, doing a good job. But that should not be the most important factor in your life. And my, mind you, I'm not talking about God's approval in terms of salvation. You are already approved as it pertains to salvation when you put trust and faith in Jesus. So you don't give living on your life trying to earn salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. Salvation is one thing. But I'm talking about in terms of what are you doing with your salvation? So now, now I'm going to stand before God. The Bible makes it clear, and I don't have time to go through it, but uh, write down 1 Corinthians. What book did I say? 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 through 15. It talks about, and I preached in a series called Game of Thrones, about how you are going to stand before Christ, not to determine where you spend eternity, because that was determined whether or not, by whether or not you put trust and faith in what he did, his finished work. But what you do with the salvation that you receive from him determines, and the Bible tells us, and you can go check it out, in terms of rewards or even loss, depending on what you do with what God has given you. And so it's not approval as it pertains to salvation. It's approval in terms of, is God pleased with what I am doing with the salvation that he has given me? And so Paul is saying, I'm not looking for the, to please man. I'm a servant of man in terms of benevolence and in terms of being in a position where I am showing love in a place that it will draw people to Jesus. But I'm not a servant of man in that man is my master. And there are many of you, there are many of you that are in a position where you can't post without posting some. There, there are so many pictures that you wanted to post and you put them up and then you took them down. 
Because he think people are going to think I'm too skinny. People are going to think I'm too fat. Come on, somebody. People are going to think that, oh, you know, my skin isn't good enough. I wonder, I, I'm coming for all of it today because, you know, or who God made me is not, it is not important. And so you can't post, you can't do without oversaturating stuff to the place where, to, to the place where it don't even look like you no more. We got to look like three or four times to even check and see, is this actually you? Because you care about what people think. Can I just talk about it today? This is the way that we often will do. You're in debt right now. And you're in debt because you are caring about what people are going to think about what you're driving. So you would rather be in a place of debt than be where you need to be just because you want people to look at you and think that you're bawling when you're really broke. We live in a tragic society today. Where we care for a like on Facebook or a double tap on Instagram, we will go in debt and jack up our generations and our legacy. Come on, somebody. Just so people can click a double tap on your picture. Listen, I want some real Benjis in the bank. Come on, somebody. I want that when you see me, when you see, you see these J's that I'm wearing, I afforded them. Come on, somebody. When you see me in shoes and stuff, it's because we saved and we got together and we put some coupons together and we got them that wise. Come on. I don't care what you think about my breaking down Honda CRV. I don't have a car note. Come on, somebody. And nobody, no repo man is coming for me. Uh, You can laugh at my car. One of them is 20 years, about to be 20 years old. One of them is 18 years old. And I would rather be just paying for some repairs over paying for a note and repairs. Come on, somebody. At some point, we'll be able to afford that. But I don't care. Oh, you a pastor. You're supposed to have a private jet. You're supposed to drive in a Benz. How, how people going to follow you seeing, seeing you driving a 2000 Honda Accord. You know what? I want y'all to, to look at me and be like, yeah, that pastor's a good steward of his money. Come on, somebody. I don't want you to follow me because of my bends. Come on. I want you to, number one, follow me as I follow Jesus. But if you're going to follow me, follow me out of debt. Y'all wanted some pretty preaching. No, I didn't come for that today because I believe that God wants you to experience breakthrough in your life. It's not just some spiritual thing. I believe that breakthrough happens when it is that we decide that we are going to stop caring about the opinions of others as it pertains to what we say and what we do. If God says it, I want it. Come on, somebody. If he told me to say it, I want to say it. If he told me to do it, I want to do it. And you better believe that the ramifications and the benefits of you doing what God said are far better than a double tap or a like on Facebook or Instagram. Who's with me this, this morning? You know, and I, I want you to understand this, you know. I'll never forget, man. I talk about, I'm not, what I'm not talking about is, you know, people, they go to the extreme, they're like, mm-hmm, I'm doing this as unto the Lord. So I'm going to disrespect people because I'm doing it as unto the Lord. You know, and there's this false humility and the disrespect. You know, I, I know Pastor, you know, I don't even like Pastor Andrew, but I'm going to serve because it's unto the Lord. No, that's not what I'm talking about. No, Hebrews 13 verse 17 still says that you should respect and follow your spiritual leaders because they watch for your soul and you need to do so because it will, so it will be well with you. Go read it. Hebrews 13 verse 17. No, it still says that. Right. So I'm not telling you to go disrespect people. Don't mean now you can go and treat people. You know, God bless you. And you rude. You just going and being rude to people in the name of Jesus. No, that's not what I'm saying. You still got to be kind. 
because that's a fruit of the spirit. You still got to follow and submit. I'm not saying none of that, but I'm saying that when you do it, no matter what you do, even in kindness, you do it for unto the glory of the Lord and stop operating in false humility. There was a woman I remember forget we were in this uh, at this program and we are there and this woman she got up and she sang her tail off. I mean, she Patricia Shirley sang, you know. And we loved that singing and we were so blessed. It was a place packed with hundreds of people and I'll never forget she got up. I mean, we got up in that moment. We gave her a round of applause and we were really praising God too, like saying, oh wow, Lord, praise the Lord for what it is that you uh, did her by, through her in that moment. And this chick, she gonna stand up there and talk about, stop clapping. She literally yells this over the mic, stop clapping everybody sit down and stop clapping i don't deserve the glory give the glory to the lord just awkward man false humility like it was just so weird and over the top and it's like no i'm not telling you to be over the top i'm not telling you don't care about people i'm not telling you don't receive you know thanks from people but you have to in your heart because some of you you can be giving god glory with your mouth but not giving him glory in your heart and so he's saying that we got to be to a place he's asking through this rhetorical question he's teaching us that we are to be to a place where we live for God's approval and not man's applause listen man I want a well done over a pat on the back Matthew chapter 25 write this down I don't have time to go there verse 21 if you look and watch this Jesus there's a parable there and Jesus talks about how you know individuals who are entrusted with talents by their master he goes away and then depending upon what they do with the talents and how they invest them in his absence, when he returns, it's just a picture of, of judgment. And when we stand before Christ, we are either going to hear, depart from me or well done, my good and faithful servant. And those who are saved are going to do well, are going to do something, essentially is what he's saying. Everybody does something different, but they're going to do something with the talents that they have received. And when we do so, based upon how we do so, we are going to, I want to hear a well done. I wonder if there's anybody that you care more about. Sta I, when I get before God, when my life ends, God forbid, or when he cracks those skies, I want to stand before him and I want to say, Jesus, you know what? People might not have liked me. I might not have been as popular as somebody else, but I was true to what it is that you called me to do. Come on. I wonder if there's somebody in here that that's your desire. I was true. Come on. I might not. You might not be a millionaire, but you better. You, if, if it's your desire, you're like, you know what? I'm a tenionaire, but I'm going to be faithful with my ten dollars come on and as faithful as if i had a million dollars because all i want is to hear well done and how many of you know that when that he says in that passage in the matthew 25 i want you to go read it when you get a chance he talks about if you were because you were faithful over little i'll make you ruler over many in the there are people who were poor in this life that are going to be bosses in the life to come Oh man, I want to help somebody. There are people on the flip side. This is why Jesus says stuff like the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Because there are people right now that you look at. And like Pastor Jonathan last week was using the example about how we surprise that certain people get into heaven in the future. But there are people now, you're looking, they're like, but you were the pontiff, apostle, potentate, the right reverend of the bishop of, you know, of, of the anointed church of Jesus Christ, of church socks and stale ginger mints and old perfume. And you used to preach and pray and prophesy longer. Come on, somebody. You used to pray and prophesy until heaven used to literally fall out of the sky and crash on us in the church. 
how in the world are you sweeping in the corner? And the fact is, can I just tell, teach somebody today? Because just because someone externally is giving God the glory or they may be positioned, come on, as if they are doing what God has called them to do, that does not mean that they are faithful. And some of you, you may be looking up here and saying, well, I don't have the same gift as Pastor Andrew, so I, you know, I must, I, it's okay. God's not requiring as much from me. Listen, baby, I'm telling you, don't matter what your gift is, your responsibility is not to please man, but to go full-fledged. Come on, somebody. I thought to say something else but we're in church you got to go all the way and not stop come on somebody because when you get before God your desire should be to hear well done who's with me listen even for some of you in your in your focus don't live to prove man wrong live to prove God right see, see, don't live to prove man wrong some of you your whole life is based upon the fact that you want to please the dad that told you that you're never going to make it. And so you want to show and say, you know what, dad, look, I did make it. And see, I'm dealing with your heart today. I'm not, I'm not talking about what you do on the outside. Yeah, you might make it, but why did you make it? What was your heart posture as you were going there? Don't live on the flip even to disprove man. But live to prove God right. If God said it about you, you ought to be there to that place. And so, not only this, for the sake of time, I'll move on. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, Paul says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or God? For am I trying to please man? Listen, man, I'm telling you, false teaching, and I'm going to say this, false teaching, and you can write this down, it's not going to be up on the screen, but false teaching is rooted in people-pleasing. False teaching is rooted in people pleasing. So watch this. That's why the prosperity gospel is so popular. What's the prosperity gospel? Some of you are new to church. The thought that Jesus, as soon as I get to Jesus, when I become a part of Christ, I'm going to only be rich. Come on. Everybody's going to be rich and touch your neighbor and tell them this time next year, you're going to be a millionaire. Come on. And so we put some of y'all acting like you never heard that before. Like everybody in the church is going to be a millionaire. And every, no, the, Jesus even says the poor you will have among you always. That's Bible. And you're touching your neighbor. Why would God curse someone with a million dollars who can't even steward five? And a lot of times we just say stuff to titillate and make people excited. And this is why false teaching, as I'm saying, is rooted in people pleasing. If the gospel that you're hearing is challenging you to live in a way that is going to make you look good before men, not to give glory to God, but so that people can look at you and say, look how sanctified that person is. Oh, when they pray, they pray so wonderful. Oh, when they preach, oh, I just hear it's as if, as if the clouds parted and the voice of God was coming through. And do you know that in Acts chapter 12, that there was a king that got struck down and was eaten by worms because he gave not God the glory, the Bible says, when it is that he opened his mouth and people were celebrating him because of his oratory ability. And on the contrawise, we find that the apostle Paul will say stuff like, listen, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellency of speech. It wasn't about being verbose. It wasn't about speaking with verbal diarrhea and making people drool at the grip. No, it was about Christ and him crucified. 
because the opposite of false teaching is the gospel and the gospel says watch this it says it makes it clear uh, that uh, uh, for by grace are you saved through faith in other words it strips me of being able to take the credit it's the gift of God and he says lest any man should boast so I can't feel good about this gospel because I didn't do anything to earn it or get it it just positions me in a position where I have to just give God the praise and the glory for it oh I love this stuff so much where I give God the glory for it because he is the one that earned it for me the euangelion the gospel the good news about Jesus are you still with me okay look look not only this Paul's words also indicate that he is no longer living to please man, although he previously did. Watch this. Look at what he did. He snuck it in there. He was sneaky, but he, he put it in there. Look, he says, after he asked those first two questions, if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. See it? If I, see that word still right there? Notice, he didn't say, if I was trying to please man. He said, if I were still trying to please man. In other words, Paul is testifying in there in the moment too. I just milked the text, you know. He, he, he's, saying, he's saying, listen, what I came from, and he goes on, and we're going to look at this later, but he unpacks in the verses that are after, that are forthcoming. He says, he talks and he says, look at all of the stuff that I did within Judaism and how I excelled and even more than, my, than some of my peers he excelled and he looked good before people. And he's saying that form of Judaism, which was so focused on the external, it was about people pleasing. And he used to be in a place of people pleasing. But he says, and so he sneaks it in here and he talks about it because watch this. When you truly are free from people pleasing, you are able to talk about what God has brought you out of. Uh, can I give you point number two? Here it is. Look, look. When you're free from people pleasing, you can speak freely about your deliverance. If you can't talk about what God brought you out of, then you're usually still in bondage to it. You can, you're scared. Some of you, God has given you a testimony that is so deep and so necessary and is needed. It's literally the key to somebody's deliverance. And the reason why they're still in bondage is because you won't open your mouth and tell them about it. And the fact is that you care so much about what people are thinking about you. And consequently, you can't say what God has put on your mouth. You can't let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Because you care too much about what people will think about you. But when you are free, when God wants you to be to a place where you are free from people pleasing, where you are to the place where you are able to declare what God has brought you out of. And as a result of the testimony that people are able to be impacted and delivered. Come on. Some of you wonder, Pastor Andrew, why are you so transparent? A lot of times in my preaching, I tell on myself and I talk about things that I've been through and all of this. And why? And because the devil is a liar. I used to be bound. Come on. And and he used to have me in the dark with a lot of stuff and I used to be to myself in my thoughts ready to kill myself and throw in the towel can I keep it real I would have been one of those statistics and one of those pastors that you read about on Facebook but at the end of the day I'm so grateful for the deliverance of the Lord come on and I'm to the place where devil you're not gonna keep me in the dark any longer I wonder if I have one or two witnesses you're not gonna keep me bound in the dark come on God has delivered me and he I'm gonna there's some of you you need to bring it out the dark and tell somebody 
so that it, some, some of you just saying it out loud will bring freedom to your life. And that's what's needed because the devil has you in the dark. Come on. That's why many of you, some of the, one of the, some of the most destructive things in your life right now are things that we can't even see. And so when people look at you on the outside, they think that you have it all together. But then when you get home and close the door, that that's when you do the things that you know that are destroying and eating you up the most. Come on. But I just declare, I, wow, man. Wow, wow, wow. I just declare the freedom of the Lord over you today. Some of you, you don't want to come out because you are scared. I just say, come out, come out wherever you are. Come on. Stop hiding and come out. God has something greater for you. It's when you're free. That you can speak freely about what God has done for you. You know, and, 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 and some of y'all say this, and I'm going to say this, and I want to say this. I want to speak to this demon today, and I just want to declare for it to break. And, I, and I, some of you are heavily under the power of witchcraft manipulation. Some of you, this is why someone just has to, when you see a number on the phone, you get to a place where you start, oh, you, get, you, you shudder. If there is a reaction, when you walk by certain people, there is a reaction because you are under the power of witchcraft manipulation. Some of you don't even know that that's a thing. If, if indeed you act and you dress according, some of you are literally under the manipulation of certain people, whether it be family members. But there was a time when there were family members that had me, and you know this if you come from a Caribbean background, the spirit of manipulation, and even in African backgrounds, and the spirit of witchcraft and manipulation is heavy in these contexts and parents have you bound and you some of you you are bound you literally have issues going to the bathroom because of witchcraft manipulation oh i'm going to deal with it today you deal with constipation and irritable bowel syndrome i hear you holy spirit all because of the manipulation that is attached to you and i, I know i just sensed it right there i just declare healing of the lord right now over you come out of the dark stop hiding no it's not okay some of you you have learned to live i hear you holy spirit you have learned to live with the dysfunction you have learned to live with the fruit that comes because of the manipulation but i declare freedom over you in the name of jesus the words of your father i curse them at the root right now and i declare the freedom of the lord over you now the oh my god you will never leave your house again scared and thinking in the back of your mind what are they going to think that person that touched you i declare it right now you just gotta let it go that person that touched you you literally are living your life making sexual decisions right now because of who it is that touched you i feel your holy spirit and the spirit of prophecy is on me today that if you would just release it in this atmosphere that God is going to say be free right now and bring deliverance to your life be free from that spirit of manipulation and witchcraft unto I break it now in Jesus name is anybody being blessed by this move of the Lord today look and, I, and I'll tell you this because somebody needs to hear this to get set free watch this here it is this isn't even point number three I got one more point and we're done when you are when you're not a people pleaser you can engage people in a genuine manner listen 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 linda 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 <laughs> y'all remember that listen when you are not when you are free from people you can engage them in a genuine manner so look i'm no longer trying to do things to you or do things for you to perform to put my present myself in a manner that you are going to just accept me 
Come on, somebody. But I can actually engage you as who I am and know that if it doesn't work out, maybe we ain't supposed to be friends. Ah. But I know that you don't like me or that we don't click because it's me or you because we're in a genuine place and it's and I'm happy with that over you liking me because of the facade that I put on. There are so many relationships and friendships, Dwayne in the booth. Am I talking the truth, bruh? That right now you are connected to people who only like you because of the facade that you put on. Oh my God. But if they actually saw you, listen, don't get married to somebody that you have not seen with their makeup off. Listen, y'all don't want to be real with me today. You better not stone me. Listen, if I love you, I'm going to love what's under that makeup as well. Oh my God. I'm going to love you when I turn around. I'm not talking about you, Pastor Chantal. I love you. Even when your bread smelling like a bag of dead possums. I'm going to love you because I love you for who you are and not who you're made up to be. And there are many people that your relationships are fortified with makeup and you don't know the person that you're connected to. Come on, somebody. You only know the version of them that they've presented to you. But I don't want to be connected another day in my life. I feel this thing to anybody who's only connected to me because of a facade. I want you, if you're going to be connected to me, be connected to me because of who I am and not who I'm making myself to be so that you can like me. Somebody give God praise if you know that you are good enough. Oh my, you are good enough to be connected to some. There are some of you, you know, this that lack of self-esteem and you out there people pleasing. You were made in my day, which is Latin in the image of God. And although sin has marred us in this position and where we are, you, especially if you are a Christian, God is restoring you to the place where he has originally created you to be. You don't have to go around pleasing folk and get into a place where people are engaging you based upon a fake version of you are you still with me here's number three here it is he lastly in no uncertain terms peep it out if i were still trying to please man i would not be a servant of christ so he says i'm not trying to please man anymore so he testified in there but he says but i'm also in no uncertain terms he's saying i am also a servant of christ and there's some of us that have an issue with this because we are servant to people, but we are not servants of Christ. And I love this. Here it is. Paul, Timothy, James, Jude, all refer to themselves as servant of Christ. Servants of Christ. These are followers of Jesus. But here it is. Watch this. Point number three for you. God, God's called us to be his servant. It's called you to be a servant, not man's showboat. It is. Here it is. God has called you to be his servant, not man's showboat. So look, your assignment is to be a servant. Can I tell you, a servant of God, a bond servant is what he's ultimately saying. And it's the word, it's the word uh, in Greek, it's the word doulos. Everybody say doulos. 
It's the word doulos, and he's saying it. It means a slave, metaphorically. And metaphorically, it's one. And so it's not like, oh, you know, now I'm in bondage again after I've come. No, it's the best. Being a servant of Christ or a slave to Christ is the freest place you'll ever be. So it's metaphoric. In other words, you are sold out to the work and the work of the Lord. Your life is dedicated to making people accept Christ. Can I tell you what the Lord charged me up with this week? God jacked me up this week. I was sitting up in the office and I was studying and I was thinking to myself and the Lord put on my heart as I was there in the office. He was like, son, are you more interested in people accepting or rejecting you than you are about them accepting or rejecting me? Here it is. Are you more interested in someone liking or rejecting you? I'm almost done. Than you, than, than you being in a place where you care about whether people like. If you are a servant of Christ, I hear the Apostle Paul say in Galatians 2.20, he says, I am crucified with Christ. He says, it's no longer me, but it's Christ that lives inside of me. And for those of us who are not people pleasers, right, we can live our life, reap the benefits of the gospel, and be on mission to where I care more about whether you like, I don't care if you don't like me or not. If you get to a place where you can trust and you hear about how beautiful Jesus is, some of you can't get past the fact I'm wearing a hat on the pulpit today. Some of you can't get fat. Oh man, why are you wearing uh, some Stacey Adams gator boots or shoes or three-piece suits and all this? Uh, come on. And some of you are so religious. There are some of you that are not even churchgoers and you're more religious than church folk. You're more opinionated about church people than people who even go to church. Oh man, I'm just dealing with this stuff today. And you can't get past some of these. Don't, it doesn't matter about me. It's about Jesus, and I care more about your soul and your salvation. You know, last night I was like, babe, I almost left the house and came and turned on the baptismal pool today. Because I believe, I was like, I, I, I feel like I need to baptize somebody today. Because I feel like somebody today, you be, you've been living for yourself. Because you're like, mm-mm, because this is you, right? This is you. You come and you're like, mm-mm, I'm not a servant to nobody. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a people pleaser. This is going over your head. Because you're like, no, I'm living my best life. I'm living my best life. You know, you're like, you're like I got it all. I'm cool. I'm straight. I, you know, I'm good. You know who the, pe the person is that you're pleasing? You. Being a self pleaser is just as much being a people pleaser as being a people pleaser who pleases people other than yourself. No longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives within me. Who's with me on this morning? God has called you not to, to be a, he's called you to be a servant, not a showboat, not showboating to see. You know what happened? I'll end on this story. I was in a position where, I'll never forget, man, I was playing basketball and, uh, and I was on this, I was in, I was on this basketball team at school and I was the dude, like it, all now fam, all now, don't, don't even see me on the court fam. Mans will break your ankles, real talk, right? Not even joking. Brian, you'll get it, fam. You'll get it too. You'll get it, right? No, I'm just messing with you. But look, I could do all these tricks and I could do all this stuff. I had people breaking their ankles. Literally, I'm not even joking, like mashing mans, fam. And watch. I'm humble, right? <laughs> but look, so look, do it. I remember to never forget this game. I crossed this one guy and he's over here and I crossed this next guy and he's over here. 
and it comes time to score and I'm running I'm running I'm on my way to the basket and I'm having so much fun I'm on my way to the basket and I do a layup and I usually don't even finish because I'm so focused on showboating so I'll rock you but I don't score and so this time I actually went up someone sees where I'm going with this thing I went up and I scored and I was so excited and I'm wilding out. I'm like, whoa, look at me. And I crossed you, fam. And what? You know, you tried to murk mans and look what happened. Dumped on your tail. No. But look, in that moment, I realized when I looked that people weren't cheering, but they actually were laughing. And my wife is laughing at me right now. Why were they laughing at Pastor Andrew? Because I was so focused on showboating that I didn't realize that I actually scored on my own net. Andrew's looking at me like, bro, that's a waste man move, fam. So I'm so focused on showboating that I'm actually to the place where I'm, I'm not scoring points for my team. I'm actually scoring on myself and coming against the progress that has been being made. Oh my, I want to help somebody to understand when you are in a place of people pleasing, when you're in a place of showboating just for the fact that you want to be seen and you want to go out there and celebrate and talk about all of these exploits that you made and it's not done for the glory of God, you end up scoring against the kingdom. Oh my, is anybody getting this stuff today? And so God has called you to be a servant not a showboat and so i ask you and i end with the question where are you people pleasing is the person you're pleasing yourself when you say that you mean it pastor you're not i'm not supposed to be happy no i'm not saying that or pastor i'm not supposed to make sure i'm good no i'm not saying that either but who are you serving who's the master you or are you a servant of christ